BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Well, hello, I'm Katie Maloney, and you probably know me from a little show called Banner Bumber Rolls. I've been labeled all kinds of things, a bitch, a bully, and a mean girl. But there is so much more to a person than what you see on TV. Tune in every Friday as I talk to some of my friends and castmates, celebrities, comedians, medical professionals, and maybe some political figures. And by the time we're done, you're going to love me. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture. I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving dinner and weekend. Thanksgiving is really stupid, I think. Like, we're Israeli, I guess, so it's an American holiday, so I think I don't relate to it as much from the beginning. But then if you try to, like, delve deep into, like, what Thanksgiving is, which I'm not going to do on this podcast, and you're really going to ask yourself, wait, what? And then if you really ask yourself, why are we eating turkey? You're going to also not have answers. Well, we actually don't eat turkey at all. We just like make a dinner. And then I, I asked you guys on Instagram, a lot of you don't eat turkey either. And like everyone's eating their favorite foods, which like I feel like it's just us moving away from this Thanksgiving thing, which I mean, it's nice to be thankful. But like if we go back and study the history, <laughs> I feel like a lot of us will be like, wait, what? Which is I mean, I'm not going to get into a religion thing right now, but even like being Jewish and celebrating Jewish holidays since I was younger and I would fast on Yom Kippur and I wouldn't eat, you know, a bread, whatever on, on, on Passover. And then one day I was like, wait, why am I fasting? And I really didn't have an answer. Like I was like, I didn't sin. You know, I don't feel like I, God would want me to like starve and have a fucking banging migraine. So I'm not going to do it. So sometimes you know, ignorance is bliss and we just like live our lives doing the things we were taught in the traditions. But sometimes we step away and we're like, wait, what? In a very chill way. Then you'll be like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Deep thoughts brought to you by Amanda. Anyway, we have a lot to discuss, a lot to discuss. 
a lot to discuss. I wanted to talk about, uh, obviously, Kim and Keats. Sorry, Kim and Pete Keats date night that happened on Sunday, a day after his SNL uh, show goes live. He flew out to California to be with Kim. They went out on a very paparazzi date night looking fucking hot. I mean, she looks fucking hot. Listen, I know he has BDE. Okay. I told you guys, I don't want to bring up the fact that I was at SNL and I saw him and like whatever. And I was like trying to get it. And then I got it. But I also still don't fully get it. Like, again, first of all, I don't like this like shaming that's going around about him. Right. Like, I mean, on one hand, like everyone wants to be Pete Davidson. On the other hand, like who wants to be Pete Davidson in this situation where everyone's like, how are, you, how are girls dating him? Like, what is he doing? And like, how? Like, like, would you want people to be questioning why anybody likes you all the time? I mean, that's not a great feeling. Like, even though, I mean, he could gloat on the fact that people are saying he has BDE. But again, the shock waves that, you know, rattle the country whenever he dates a hot person or a super successful person. It's like if I was him, I would be a little offended as to how much people are shocked. You know, it's a little much. But I think for me, it's like I don't get it. Not that I don't get why anyone would date him. I just feel like him and Kim as much as like, oh, Kim is having fun and like she deserves this kind of lighthearted, you know, situation. At the same time, I'm like, it's not that lighthearted because Pete has some dark shit, you know? So, you know, uh, one of his first kind of public girlfriends, Cassie David, daughter of Larry David, who's fucking awesome, like wrote a lot in her book about him. And um, I think she went on Call Her Daddy recently and kind of opened up about the fact that it was a little emotionally abusive and dark. And by the way, he broke up with her. I mean, we discussed this, but kind of via text message when then he was seen with Ariana Grande. And I mean, let's not forget Kaya Gerber, Kate Beckinsale, Margaret Qualley. I mean, wow. It's just wild to relive these moments when like I didn't care that much then about Pete Davidson. I'd be like, oh, he's dating like another girl. Like I didn't care. But today I'm like, whoa, it all adds up. You know what I mean? Anyway, I just feel like Kim is such a fucking woman. Like she's a powerhouse. She's a mama four. She's been through some fucking shit. And like He's 28. He celebrated his 28th birthday. And this is, again, not to like, I don't care about the age difference. Fucking guys do it. Women can can be cougs or whatever the fuck. But I just feel like her personality is like she needs like a strong man aside her. Some like, you know, I don't know. It doesn't feel like him, but she's having fun. Um, but again, that whole thing where it's like, oh, it's lighthearted. It's fun. Like, yeah, he's funny and shit, but he has his dark moments also. But anyway, they went out on on Sunday night in Santa Monica. They went to an Italian restaurant. They love eating Italian food together. Obviously, Kim was in head-to-toe fucking custom Balenciaga, which is such a funny image to see Kim with her, you know, gloves and interlocked fingers with Pete holding his hand. And he's with nail polish. And she's with the Balenciaga leather glove. I mean, it is a sight to be fucking seen, but she looks happy. They have pictures in their car giggling. I mean, it is pretty fucking wild, you guys. I mean, it is still unexpected. He was driving a Lamborghini. I wonder, like, did he get to the airport and and, and rent that? I mean, he has to keep up right now, like literally from this boy that like lived in Staten Island with his mama. I mean, not that he's not making good money at SNL, but listen, I am understanding that Kim is feeling it hard. Like she is into it. 
We know that for his birthday, she tried to really impress him. She brought the Israeli mentalist, Lior Sushar. She flew him out to Calabasas. She had this big birthday party for him where we then saw the pictures of him and Kim and Flava Flav at Chris's Palm Springs house. And it was wild. And I really did uh, kind of gather that she is so into it. She wants to impress him. She really, really likes him. And I don't know why I have this like little fear that he's going to break her heart, even though she may be going into it like you guys this is super chill super fun i mean it also is kind of funny even though obviously all the memes going around like that she's you know kind of pulling a courtney or like stealing courtney's thunder it isn't true but it is kind of funny because she did kind of take away from from kravis for a moment you know because like i mean i maybe kravis took away from themselves for a moment because it did become it became a lot i mean it's simon huck's wedding we all saw the clips. It was Travis's birthday, I think at midnight. So it's really sweet. Like how fucking sweet of Simon Huck and, and his husband failed to bring out a cake for, for Travis for his birthday. And that's when Courtney straddled Travis and all the small things was, was playing. And you could see Addison there in the background, not knowing the words. And, um, and almost every party goer from famous to not famous, every wedding, I mean, guest from famous to not famous filmed that moment of Courtney literally twerking on Travis's D. And there's something about Travis and Courtney that they just fucking love it. Like there's not being comfortable with PDA some people there's being comfortable with PDA. Some people that like kiss or like hold hands. And then there's like, wait, you guys would literally have sex here while we watch and film it. Honestly, I feel that. And obviously they're so in love. There's nothing about Kravis that makes me feel like it's not real, but I just think they love the attention. They love that we're all obsessed. And I mean, there will be hype, but the hype can continue forever because you're getting married. Your families are becoming one. It's really cute. They had a you know, Thanksgiving together and and they are super cute. And I'm excited. We're going to see it on the Hulu show. Uh, but obviously we have a more exciting couple right now because it's new and it's fucking wild. Hey guys, want to tell you about Ana Luisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, an amazing uh, jewelry brand. I really, really love them. They're simple, but you know what? All these trends, they come and go. You know what I mean? You want a good, solid jewelry brand that has high quality jewelry that doesn't cost your entire pocket and doesn't cost the freaking planet. Okay. And Ana Luisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, they really believe that how they create the pieces matters as much as who wears them and that luxury shouldn't be defined so narrowly and designed for so few. This is jewelry you can feel good about wearing really good because now more than ever, our choices matter. They work with trusted partners who share their values and everything is priced fairly and produced ethically. No unnecessary mining or expensive markups. They use recycled materials whenever possible and 100% carbon and water neutral from cradle to grave, bringing joy and inspiring impact. And this is just, you know, the side stuff. This is the most important part is that Ana Luisa has really great pieces. I love my mama necklace by them. And they have a bunch of other cute, cute things, you guys. I absolutely recommend checking out on Luisa. Their pieces start at $39 and they're currently running the biggest sale of the year. You can get 20% off if you go to shop.analuisa.com slash not skinny. Again, they're running the biggest sale of the year. You can get 20% by going to shop. Dot Ana Luisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash not skinny. 
Okay, Warby Parker. Oh my God. I am so excited that they are sponsoring the podcast because the amount of times I went to their store on the Upper East Side, the amount of times I helped both my sisters pick out glasses from Warby. We love going to them because it is the fastest, easiest, most affordable spot to get your glasses done, to get your lenses, whatever you people that don't see need to do. Like I'm telling you, that's where my sisters do it. But they also have sunglasses, which is really awesome for me. Also, they take FSA and HSA. So don't let those go to waste. Put them to good use on Warby Parker prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Their glasses start at $95, including the prescription lenses. And now they have Warby Parker's free home try-on program. You can order five pairs of glasses, try at home for free for five days, and there's no obligation to buy. It ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. They're making it even easier for you, okay? So if you want to try five pairs of glasses at home for free, you go to warbyparker.com slash not skinny. Okay. So you can try on five pairs of glasses at home for free. You don't have to keep any. There's a free uh, shipping label to go back. But if you want to keep one, obviously you'd pay for the one that you keep. But if you don't, you ship them right back. You can get your try five without going to the store. And that's warbyparker.com slash not skinny. Before we get to talking about Kanye, uh, who talks about Kim, his mental health, and more in a reflective Thanksgiving prayer video. This is a couple days after he also... um, Okay, so on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Kanye visited Skid Row and really talked about Kim Kardashian. He said... The narrative that God wants is for you to see that everything can be redeemed. In all these relationships, we made mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've publicly done things that were not acceptable as a husband. Right, But right now today, for whatever reason, I didn't know I was going to be standing right here. I didn't know I was going to be in front of this mic, but I'm here to change that narrative. I'm not letting E write the narrative of my family. I'm not letting Hulu write the narrative of my family. I am the priest of my home. He said that he ideally would like to be back home with his family. And he said, if the enemy can separate Kim Ye. There's going to be millions of families that can feel like that separation is okay. But when God, who has already won, brings Kim Ye back together, there's going to be millions of families that are going to be influenced and say that they can overcome the work of the separation of trauma the devil has used to capitalize to keep people in misery when people step over homeless people to go to the Gucci store. I mean, he, while Kim is publicly dating Pete, Kanye saying shit like that. And that's not the end of it because he then had a Thanksgiving prayer situation that he posted. It's a five minute video. And he talked about Kim, his marriage, his public relationship with Christianity, his mental health, being on medication and the period of time where he was supporting Trump and wearing a MAGA hat, his presidential run, financial mistakes he's made and more. He said stuff like, this Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for the family that my wife has given me. I'm thankful for the life God has given me. He also says, I've made mistakes. I've publicly done things that were not acceptable as a husband. But right now today, all I think about every day is how I get my family back together and how I heal the pain that I've caused. I take accountability for my actions. Um, He also said that Kim was not a fan of when he was wearing that MAGA hat and said that the presidential run impacted his marriage. 
He says, uh, good Lord, my wife did not like me wearing the red hat. Being a good wife, she just wanted to protect me and our family. I made me and our family a target, but not aligning with Hollywood's political stance. And that was hard for our marriage. Then I ran for president without proper preparation and no allies on either side. I embarrassed my wife in the way that I presented information about our family. If you guys remember all the tweets during the one. And he said, all my dad had to say was write your speech next time, son. Anyway, this is, uh, (laughs) it's pretty intense. I mean, it's been, I mean, we can't even imagine the complexity of their fucking relationship because I mean, she filed for divorce. Then uh, a little bit later, she was there to support him for Donda, 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 even wore a fucking wedding dress. They seemed really cool. Then, you know, he came to SNL. He was there. I was there, you guys. I don't know if you know. Um, He came to SNL. So it's like, it's very up and down. And like, I know the Kardashian women, they're loyal. You know, they'll keep shit together for the family. But like, what is going down behind closed doors? He then did that podcast where he talked shit about Kim's publicist, who is Tracy Romelis. You know, he tried to blame her for the end of the marriage and the media for the end of the marriage. And it's like, dude, why don't you take just a little responsibility that you fucking fucked up? <laughs> and you got to you got to take responsibility for that. Not just blame the media, the publicist, like the everyone. Uh, so I wonder what's going to happen there. I mean, it's complicated. It's complicated as fuck. If it was a Facebook relationship, it would be. It's complicated. Kanye over Thanksgiving posted to his story a picture of him and Kim Kardashian kissing. It was a TMZ uh, story. It was TMZ headline saying Kanye West says God will bring Kim and him back together and inspires millions. He also tagged Kim, not a soft tag, but a full balloon tag. So he is... I wonder what's happening behind the scenes, but he is just screaming on top of his lungs that he wants his family back together. But I wonder what he's doing behind the scenes and, you know, how he feels about Keith because a day after he posts this his story, Kim and Pete Davidson were spotted at the Beverly Hills Hotel. They took photos with the fans so of the fan um, posted it. Kim is looking so fucking like chill fresh face, not heavy makeup. She's apparently, allegedly, according to to a Dimois spotting, wearing an I love Staten Island sweatshirt, like hoodie. And she's just looking like she's having the best sex of her fucking life. And Pete obviously has his black nail polish going. He's wearing a beanie and he should be the happiest fucking man alive right now. So I hope he is, you know, living in the fucking moment and living his life, as Court would say, because this is wild and it is messy with Kanye right now. A couple other things about the Kardashians this past week is that, as you guys may know, one of you posted that P has a TikTok, Penelope, Courtney's uh, nine-year-old daughter, and tagged me. And you had a really funny caption. You wrote, like, mentally, I'm P. And it was P like making a matcha or like having her showing the flowers God brought her in the nose. That was pretty cute. So then I, I shared it. I literally shared a story that I was tagged in. I was like, oh my God, P has a TikTok. That's so cute. I didn't know because I'm not on TikTok that like it's like a secret TikTok or like people don't know or that it's like against TikTok rules for a nine-year-old to have a thing. So her TikTok and this is after I posted it. And then there were like articles that ran about it. And also fucking page six quote, like quoted me. And I was like, oh, no. And then her, her TikTok got taken down. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to be mad at anti-commando. But uh, don't worry, you guys. P is back. P in court. Very obviously and for the record stating that it's 
Penelope's page with her mom. And then that way, you know, it's all kosher and it's all good. And she is very active. That little aesthetic queen is chopping up those videos. She's making iced matcha. She's getting her acrylic nails done. She's doing her hair, like all the shit. It's pretty wild. I don't have a TikTok, but but I would get one to watch P's um, aesthetic videos around, you know, the the Kardashian household. Because I feel like imagine how much you need to monitor that shit. Like we pay attention to everything. Like we saw the almond breeze, you know, fucking almond milk. We saw the plastic cups. We saw the plastic straws. Like we're, we're looking, we're looking and we're watching and we know it's fucking everything. So I don't know if it's a good idea. A little bit after that, Kim also opened a TikTok for her and North, like Kim and North, I think. I mean, it's just so funny to me because North is just Kanye. Like she's legit Kanye. Like I wonder what that's like since Noah is me. I don't have that experience, but but it must be wild to like have a kid with someone, no longer be with him and just see your kid like as that other person. I just feel like North's like sassy personality is just like so Kanye. And I have to say, Kim doesn't pull off like, I know she can, like, be funny and laugh at jokes. And, like, obviously, she's having fun with Pete. But, like, when Kim is being silly, it's, like, really cute. Like, oh, look at Kim being silly. But it, like, comes across not as natural. You know what I mean? Okay, you guys, you know how much I advocate for talking about your mental health and going to therapy and even taking medication if that's needed. I know therapy has become a little bit harder to do since Corona happened. And even if you had went to a therapist, you're now probably doing it via Zoom. So BetterHelp is here to help. Okay, you guys, you can go to betterhelp.com slash not skinny. BetterHelp will help you assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can also change the therapist you were assigned if you aren't pleased, but you could put on a bunch of filters before to make sure you kind of get somebody that um, you are looking for. You can choose the gender, someone who speaks another language. So again, this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor any time. And there are licensed professionals who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, anger, family conflict. Everything you share on there is confidential and it's convenient, it's professional, and it's affordable, okay? So many people have been using BetterHelp that they need more. They're still recruiting counselors in all 50 states. If you guys need help or are seeking to talk to somebody, don't wait. Start today. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month by going to our sponsor, betterhelp.com and slash not skinny to get a 10% off. Okay. So join 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health by going to betterhelp.com slash not skinny to get 10% off your first month. I am so happy that Article is still sponsoring this podcast because they're giving you guys such an amazing deal that you all are just eating up. So Article is still offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more by going to article.com slash not skinny and the discount will be automatically applied. Article, if you guys don't know it, it's a home furnishing online site. If you guys remember Couchgate, I got an awful couch from somewhere and then needed a quick replacement that's trustworthy, that has like a return policy that has great reviews. And that was article. I got the Burrard sectional and I love it. A lot of people really love the Sven couch. That's like one of their 
best-selling ones. My mom actually got it after me when she needed a new couch. And I was like, mom, article. Article is the way to freaking go. Oh my God, I have so many other items from article. My dining room table is article. It's the Seno, I believe. I got a rocking chair for Noah's room. That's article. The boucle. Oh my God, you guys are going to make fun of me. Bench in my entryway is article. No, oh my God. There's like more, I think. I need to remember. But anyways, you guys, Article is amazing, especially for modern apartments because they have a lot of items that just make your space look beautiful and are very modern and chic. And they have fair prices. They like are 30% less than traditional retail prices. And they cut out the middleman. They sell directly to you. Free shipping over $999. And again, $50 off off your first purchase of $100 or more by going to article.com slash not skinny. The discount will be automatically applied. Article.com slash not skinny to get $50 off of your purchase of $100 or more. Anyway, moving on from Kardashian stuff. How cute that some of our fave Bravo couples spent Thanksgiving together. Paige and Craig. It looks like they're at Paige's house because he's seeing all this. He's He went on Instagram and was like, look at my girlfriend. He loves being like my girlfriend, my girlfriend. Like he's a hopeless romantic. What I always liked about Craig is like he never seemed shady towards girls like Southern Charm. All the dudes were always like going out, partying, like being unfaithful. Like he would never even. And I looked like he never like batted his eyelashes towards another woman when he was with Naomi. And even when he had a girlfriend and they were not doing so well, um, his girlfriend, Natalie, when he went on Winter House and he even kind of mentioned alluded to the fact that it was rocky. He was still you never saw him looking at a girl in any other way but friendly, even though now in retrospect, we know that him and Paige must have hit it off in some way there. But but he's very respectful. And if you guys remember with Naomi, he was like on the show. He was so cutesy. And he was like, I want you to be my girlfriend and like some shit. And with his uh, stories from Thanksgiving at Pages, he was just like my girlfriend. It was just so cute. I mean, listen, it's hard to be like, are they going to get married? I don't know. But they're cute. And they spent Thanksgiving together. And that's a big deal. Another Bravo couple that spent Thanksgiving together with, well, actually, Summer House couple is Carlin's. Lindsay Hubbard and Carl 2.0 with a fucking mustache. So Lindsay, even though she was on my podcast, she didn't outwardly say that her and Carl are dating, but all evidence is pointing to the fact that her and Carl are dating. And to me, like, yeah, that will end a marriage. Like, yeah, I feel like they were meant to be. It's the story. It's best friends that tried, didn't work out, tried again, will work. Like Lindsay just has to chill a little and Carl like already worked so much on himself. So I feel like this is it. Like this might be fucking it. In Bachelor Nation world, Hannah Brown, well, like a lot of Bachelor Nation people are writing books. Hers is called Hot. God bless this mess. I thought it was called Hot Mess. God bless this mess. So her memoir came out. Obviously, the shit that's getting headlines is all the shit she fucking wrote about Bachelor stuff, like about Tyler, like about Peter, like about Jed, some wild, wild stuff. Let's talk about the stuff that is most interesting, which is Tyler Cameron. I don't know if you guys remember. Well, we, we've talked about this before. We've talked about Jared Friedio was cracks me up when he says that Tyler Cameron got like the God edit on Hannah Brown season because she wouldn't have sex with him. And he was respectful of that. And all the girls were like, oh, my God, that's so sweet of him. I understand. And then she didn't pick him. So it broke his heart. And then he dated Gigi Hadid. And like literally his life was fucking made. But then there was after the final rose and she kind of like 
<laughs> she publicly asked him out for a drink like on air, if you guys remember. And I remember we knew that he was like dating Gigi or something. And we we're like, this is awkward. And it looked like, and Hannah even writes in her book that she had come to believe that Tyler was the guy she was supposed to be with. Anyway, she writes in the book that she invited Tyler to her apartment so they could speak privately. The night was awkward, but eventually they opened up with about their remaining feelings for each other and kissed, just kissed. She said, we were pretty hot and heavy there for a while. And a part of me was ready to open myself up to him completely meaning her vagina. But then he stopped. He stopped, which made me fall for him all the more, she writes. We slept together in my bed. And I mean, that's all we did. We just slept. Then that's the night that the next morning we saw those paparazzi photos of him leaving her apartment. They laughed it off, she said, even though it was so crazy seeing those photos because this was like the Gigi thing. Like, oh, no, he started dating Gigi a little bit after this. That's what it was. He started dating Gigi after this. It was awkward for us to watch him ask him out after the final rose because we know that he was getting all this public love and girls were throwing themselves at him. So he was probably not like still longing for fucking Hannah. Anyways, Hannah writes that two days later, Tyler called her to confirm that they were not exclusive. She expressed that she only wanted to date him, but he got off the phone quickly with promises to call her back. The next morning, photos of Tyler out with Gigi Hadid surfaced. Tyler met up with a supermodel after getting off the phone with me. This wasn't a TV show. This wasn't some game. My time with Tyler in my apartment wasn't some meaningless hookup the way it was portrayed in the press. My heart was on the line and he broke it with a supermodel. Ouch. Eventually, Tyler called, but only to tell Hannah, you got to date 30 guys. So I'm going to date around and see if I still want to be with you. So they went their separate ways. They were out of touch. But then Hannah got back in touch with him when his mom died. Uh, because she uh, was going through a hard time too. Her brother had recently overdosed. So I, th- I remember us, we we saw a uh, paparazzi of her. She went, she went to be with him in Florida. Matt James was there. If you guys remember the quarantine crew and, and they were pretty flirty. It looked like they were rekindling their romance. And she writes, we slept in the same bed for 20 days and he never tried to kiss me or anything. After a while, he started treating me like I was just annoying. Like he didn't even want me around. Some days he wouldn't even talk to me. There were moments when it felt like Tyler and I were going to be more than friends. And then he wouldn't talk to me the whole next day. Wow, that sounds awful. Hannah eventually figured out how to get home to Alabama. And aside from a text from Tyler, making sure she made it home safely, she didn't hear from him for a week. When the pair tried to maintain the relationship, they even made a YouTube video about their time quarantining. Hannah writes that it just got too weird. She says, I had to get honest with myself. Even though I saw the good in him, my relationship with Tyler was not good for me. I realized we were on two different paths. And while I supported him on his, I wasn't going to do it at the cost of mine. No matter how much we talked and connected, I always felt like his bench girl. Like I was the backup player who never got to play in the game. I was the girl he could confide in. He told me I was the only girl he could talk to for hours on the phone. But my vulnerability and availability seemed to get used only when it was convenient for him. In between me watching him go out with other girls in public. I'm sure there are so many girls that can relate to this to being that girl that the guy kind of uses for like emotional support hannah soon decided to tell tyler she couldn't be friends with him anymore it just hurts too much i just need some space maybe down the line we can try again that happened six months before she sat down to write this page in her book and she hasn't heard from him since she said okay you guys listen to this his last words to her were well if you rock with me you rock with me if you don't you don't. I just want to say, guys, that I really, let's bring it back to me, feel like I have good judgment on people because remember I was a huge Tyler C. hater. I was like, I didn't like the fact that he got this like amazing edit that women were falling at his feet, that he got to date Gigi Hadid. He went to Oma's funeral, all this shit. I was like, 
why? Because he's hot? Like, was he funny? Was he like intelligent as fuck? I thought it was just like too much that people were giving him credit for. And I thought he was a playa. And you know what? He seems like a fucking goddamn playa. Might he be the child of Gigi? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love going back to that timeline, but it's Zane's baby. Don't worry. We did. We did the math. I think I did the math with someone and it's probably Zane's baby. More interesting shit in the book is about Peter Weber, who's another one. How the fuck did Pilot Pete? He fooled me for a minute. I was like thinking he was hot and like he was so it's a catch. Like you're always kind of I feel like we're just taught inherently that like pilots are, you know, just really hot, you know, just like are amazing. And and I mean, when if you were on Tinder and you swiped and it was said pilot, wouldn't you jump out of your fucking underwear? underwear you would jump out of your underwear okay and then but no but looking back like pete is such a dweeb how was he the bachelor how was he the guy that fucking did hannah brown the windmill five times like he's a dweeby with a dweeby family that does tiktoks together and buys matching sweaters and by the way he still lives with his parents like before he maybe moved to new york i don't know he is a dweeb that's the word but you know what he's a play a play a dweeb thinking about it hannah got fucked with some fucking assholes, Jed, Tyler, Peter. So she writes about Peter, about their hookup, which I talked a little bit with uh, Lori KPR when she was on last week. So so we know that at the beginning of Peter's bachelor season, Hannah showed up. Do you guys remember? He offered to quit the show if she'd take him back. Isn't that wild? He said, if you can say without a doubt that you want to be with me, I'll quit the show. And she said, I couldn't say that. I didn't know if I truly wanted to be with him. I didn't want to make the decision that would affect his life so deeply in that moment. None of this made any sense. And I wasn't ready to make another big decision. I had to trust my heart here. I had to put an end to it. So Peter went on with the season, which ended with an engagement to Hannah Ann. Their relationship didn't last like fucking barely. They broke up even before the season began airing. He struggled with his breakup. He called Hannah Brown to catch her up in his life and his failed relationship. Shortly thereafter, Hannah and Peter saw each other at a party. It was Dylan and Hannah G's engagement party, which I spoke to about with Lori. And that's where Peter and Hannah Brown saw each other again. And they snuck out and Peter drove them away. They ended up at Peter's house, a.k.a. his parents' house. His mom was still awake when we got back, Hannah writes. Peter just went upstairs and went to bed and left me there with his mom. His mom said I should just spend the night and offered me Peter's brother's room. I crawled into Peter's brother's bed and a few minutes later, Peter texted me, come cuddle. I lay there in bed, hitting my head against the pillow like, Hannah, what are you going to do? Don't do it. But I did it. I'm like feeling so hard for Hannah. Like all these situations, even though I may have not been specifically in one of these, just brings up so much shit that you go through when dating when you're younger and just, oh my God. She said, I thought we were reconnecting. I was lonely, but it wasn't right. Their connection wasn't there like it used to be in the windmill. <laughs> she didn't say that. I added that. Um, he wasn't as caring in bed. Oh my God. What was he doing in the windmill? It was awkward to have to be quiet knowing his parents were basically down the hall. The sex didn't last very long. And afterward, we both rolled over and fell asleep. Afterward, he called her and confessed his lingering feelings for Maddie Pruitt. He and Maddie went on to date briefly before calling it quits. And you guys know that before going on to date Kelly Flanagan, whom they also seem to have a pretty tumultuous ending to their relationship. She is not a fan. Anyway, some wild, wild shit in Hannah Brown's book. And you know what? Actually wild because so many Bachelor books are being written. And I mean, she brought it. She spilled the tea as one 
would say. You know what I mean? She spilled the fucking tea. Additional shady, uh, shocking things going on in Bachelor Nation. As we know, Katie, Katie Thurston, when the season of Bachelorette, uh, announced her split from Blake uh, in October. And now we're in November. And she uh, announced that she's dating John Hersey. He was kicked off like the second week of the Bachelorette. People always kind of suspected Chip because she moved to San Diego. He lives in San Diego. They seemed like really friendly. She even went on Whitney Cummings podcast, asked about it and said that, uh, Blake is soups chill uh, about her friendship with John and he just is not a jealous guy. He doesn't care. Well, that really worked out, Blake. Anyway, in November, Katie also started doing this like 12 days of messy thing, dedicating Taylor Swift's We're Never Ever Getting Back Together to her former fiance and and other songs to other people from her season. I don't know. It was kind of weird. Uh, the final day, she assigned the song Begin Again to the announcement of her dating John Hersey. And they have a really cutesy video packing on the PDA in a TikTok, okay? Confirming their romance, um, piggybacking. I don't know. I know it sounds like I'm judging. I'm judging a little just because Katie, there's something that doesn't sit right with me about her. I mean, did you see her aunt and how mean she is. I mean, there must be something in the family. I don't know. It just feels like, I mean, live your life, date whoever you want. It's really fine. But did you have to do this whole dramatic public expose of your relationship with this guy when you just broke up with Blake a month ago? And like, I don't know, there's something a little weird happening there. John looks like a good guy, but I mean, I don't know. Is it marriage? I don't know. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, these bachelor people, it's all like incest there. They all hook up with each other. So wishing them the best of luck. Blake went on to say on a podcast um, that he was blindsided. I know that his mom thinks it was pretty, pretty shitty. She kind of made that. She liked a few comments on Instagram that made it made it sound like he was blindsided and maybe, you know, it wasn't that cool of Katie to do. But a lot of you guys in my DMs are really shipping the relationship. So you know what? I'm with you. No, I'm not. But I'll pretend. I know a lot of you went in binge selling Sunset. I don't binge well. And you know what? I think my way is better. I like to watch like an episode a day and kind of make it feel like I'm watching a show. You know how like the morning show put out an episode a week. So other shows put up all their episodes uh, straight away and people like binging them all at once. Like I want to feel like it's a show, you know, so at least once a day. So I'm not done. I'm getting blown up with DMs about Christine and shit that goes down during the season with her, you know, postpartum situation and everything. Fucking conspiracies going around about how she faked her pregnancy and had a surrogate because people are just really shocked that she was up and about after, you know, getting an emergency C-section um, and her crazy fucking birth story. And also, you know, with that, her whole storyline of, you know, being angry with that Emma girl for hooking up with her then boyfriend. And I'm, I'm hearing that that turns out to be somewhat of a lie or something. And that whole thing is just insane. I will just say this about Christine for a moment. I had kind of bad vibes from her from the beginning. Obviously, I do love a bitch, bitchy villain. I knew she was playing it up. She was on my podcast. If you guys go back and, and want to check it out, she was on my podcast. She was very different than most of the guests I had. She was very like kind of fake, kind of fake, kind of like, mm, mm, and like I put on the villain because like that's what people want. And I was like, okay. 
And then I remember another thing that turned me off is that I remember, you know, how the Kardashians and Scott Disick, they do those uh, giveaways with the Louis Vuitton shit and, and whatever. So how those giveaways work is, let's say Scott is doing the giveaway, right? So he'll pose the picture with Chloe and all the Louis Vuitton suitcases and be like, giveaway. And he'll tell you to follow whoever he's following. And the people he's following that they're telling you to follow are, are the people that have entered this, that are paying money to be part of this. So each of these people or brands are paying like fifth, between, let's say, 5000 to fifteen thousand dollars to be part of this because basically what they're going to get are real followers. They're not going to get bots like people who buy followers. They're going to get real followers, whether or not those followers want to follow them. They, they don't because they're forced to whether they'll unfollow. Some of them will. Some of them will stay because they forgot to unfollow. Some of them will discover you and like you. So I won't forget. I looked through who the Lord um, was following in doing one of his giveaways and it was a bunch of brands because a lot of brands pay for that, which would make sense. And Christine fucking Quinn. This was back um, in the first season. She had like less than a million. She had like 500,000 or something. And I always say this. It really does feel like these Selling Sunset girls are in some sort of competition of followers and shit. And Christine did that to get followers. And I think she went up by a lot. She maybe went up to... 1 million from that or something. She's just the type of bitch that would do that. She's the type of girl that would, you know, call paparazzi uh, when she's like in Croatia, like no one's following you to Croatia. And she's also what would really turn me off as I mean, not that I'm trying to start shit. Believe me, I'm scared of her is that she was on my podcast. She had asked me at the end of our session, she was like, hey, like, could we actually take this out? And I was like, of course, like anytime a guest you know, says something, wants to get out. I was like, of course, I immediately send it over to my producer. And then I heard from a fellow podcaster that she said about me that I like wouldn't take something out and or something. And I was like, um, that's not true. And then I remembered that when she came on my podcast, she told me the same thing about another podcaster that you all probably know. Like maybe that's her way to bond with the podcaster is talking shit about another podcaster. But when she came on my podcast, she was also like, hey, I just like want to make sure because I went on this podcast and it caused a lot of, you know, uh, made a lot of headlines because I said this and I didn't want her to keep it in. But she did. And I was like, but you love the headlines. So Something is a little off about her. And I know a lot of people are saying a lot of terrible things. So I will say, like, obviously, she's a bit wild and 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 bitchy, but she wants to be because she wants to play the villain. Are we going to take away her experience of being pregnant and having that, you know, birth? It's awful, you know, that people want to take that away from her and say she didn't experience something she did. But I, I can't wait to watch the, the rest of the season. I just wanted to say that, that, like, I don't want to take away from her birth experience or her uh, pregnancy, because I know what that is. Um, and even though, knock on wood, you know, my pregnancy was fine and my delivery was, you know, pretty great. I mean, pretty great. It's still fucking crazy, but it wasn't like hers. If anyone was like, no, you didn't give birth to that baby. I'd literally fucking like rip my hair out. So um, it's kind of wild to go down that path. But at the same time, people are telling me that I have a lot to you know, wait and see during the season. But then again, you know, I put up the the pregnancy conspiracy and then so many people are like, oh, I had an emergency C-section after two days. I was fine. So you never know. Is she maybe displaying on things that you shouldn't do? You know, like, is she supposed to do yoga inversions after she was probably told not to? So maybe that's not good. And there should be like 
you know, a little asterisk, like don't do this at home. But it's wild. It's wild that that people are thinking she didn't actually, you know, carry the baby because she was wearing a fucking like Fendi tight dress like two days after having the baby and walking down uh, stairs, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. But again, this show is crazy. You know, it took a very long time for them to come out with the season. We don't know when things were actually filmed and we don't know when the things came out that were filmed. And you don't I mean, it's all pretty it's it's heavily I mean, there are reality shows like, you know, that, that we know, OK, there are certain things that are staged and manufactured, but but the storylines are, are pretty much real life. And I know that uh, for a fact about a lot of Bravo shows, but with Selling Sunset, Yes. Do I think they actually don't get along with Christine and there's that drama? Yes. But a lot of things are very, very, I mean, their entrances are from fucking like, I mean, the entrances, man, you could save 10 minutes per entrance and just not do those entrances. There are a lot and they make the show seem even more like a telenovela. Uh, but anyway, that's about selling sunset. I still have longs way to go with the season. So I'll keep you guys Posted on my opinions. If you ever want to go back, I had interviewed Mary in the past, Amanda in the past, uh, Chriselle and Christine. So actually, oh, and Maya. Fucking love Maya, my fellow Israeli. She's fucking awesome. She really does. Oh, and Heather and Tarek. Damn, I interviewed everyone on Selling Sunset, you guys. So, I mean, maybe I'll have them back depending on how this season goes. I mean, probably not Christine after everything I said on this episode. But I just wanted you guys to know my feelings because I've had a feeling that she's you know, not a person with the best intentions. So I wanted to, to share that. She also like Venmo's people for like commenting on her post. Weird shit. I just seen weird shit from this girl. And I feel like she's just a lot. Anyway, that's some interesting stuff for this from this week. You guys, I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving. And if you haven't yet, please rate and review this podcast and love you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Not Skinny But Not Fat. Follow me on Instagram at Not Skinny But Not Fat. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Rate the podcast that you love so much on Apple Podcasts and write a little review. If you tell me you did, I'll give you a big virtual smoocheroo. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday.